fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson with you on a Monday. AJ, he's here too, somewhere. He's down the hall. He's coming. Uh, cutting up a ton of audio. My gosh, there's a lot to get through. Monday's always a lot of fun here on the Full Court Press because we get to recap what happened over the weekend. So that's Friday night, high school football. Saturday, college football. Sunday, the NFL. So there's always a ton of great stuff and way, way more t- uh, stuff to get to than we have time generally. Uh, but in addition to all the recap Stuff that we've got to get through from the weekend. Today was media day for the Utah Jazz. So it just, and there was additional things breaking today, like California governor signing this new rule about paying players. And so now a lot of different people are reacting to this and what it might mean in the future for college athletes, which could become really de facto professional athletes. And what does that mean for the NCAA? What does it mean for other states? Uh, what does it mean for the players themselves? So a lot of different reactions, mixed reactions to that so far today. So we'll get into that. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. 435-752-1069 if you want to weigh in on that or any of the big things that happened over the weekend. Uh, we're going to get into our, don't forget, it's the on Mondays we do the Old Grist Mill Bread and Butter Play of the Game. I'm looking at you, AJ. You should know what that is. I didn't get a note over the weekend, but I figured you were there. You should know what it is. Yeah, I do. You guys called it out. So we'll get into that and also what happened in Region 11, what the current standings are in region play, but also the latest RPI rankings are out. Uh, we'll get into that. And uh, who won our preps pick'em contest for this last week and who almost got at the top? One of us was up there pretty well, high. One of us wasn't. One of us wasn't. So, and also we'll update you on what happened with our pick six over the weekend. So a lot to get through. Love to have your interaction and your uh, input as well. But, Ajay, let's begin first with high school football. Region 11 had an exciting weekend. Uh, some big games, some interesting games on the line uh, over the weekend. Um, and uh, the updated scoreboard is on cashvalleydaily.com. Before we get into what happened with Region 11, let me just say this. Associated Press, shame on you. So there was a weird scheduling thing that happened with Westside and Aberdeen. The game was normally scheduled, as most high school football games, on a Friday night at 7 o'clock. But apparently the head coach of Aberdeen, his daughter was getting married on that night, Friday. So both coaches talked and they agreed to move it a day later. And apparently this was discussed months ago. Not all of us heard about that, apparently, because we I didn't know until Friday night. But uh, anyway, so the game was moved to Saturday. So our high school scoreboard was a little bit incomplete, and the preps pick'em contest had to wait an extra day. But Saturday night, late, as I'm updating it, verifying, searching for a score, I see something that comes from the Associated Press. They update on Friday nights and and Saturday nights what the high school sports scores are for football. And they said Aberdeen, 24, Westside, 0. At the time, I wanted to get it published. I had some other things going on uh, that looked like that was the credible score. I didn't see anything else. Nothing else was posted in some of the other places that I check. So... 24 to nothing for Aberdeen. Find out this morning, nope, it was the opposite. It was flipped. Thankfully, some wise people who understand what's going on up there and follow Westside Pirates uh, got the word to us and uh, was able to verify through multiple places because the Associated Press never updated the wrong score. But uh, verifying it through three different locations, just to be sure, I found out that it was flipped. So we updated the scoreboard on Cash Valley Daily, updated the Preps Pick'em Contest. Thankfully, it didn't change the outcome of the Preps Pick'em Contest because that could have been a nightmare. But needless to say, all the scores are now properly updated after what happened over this past weekend. Uh, 
But there was a really, really interesting game in Logan between the Grizzlies and the Riverhawks. It was back and forth. There were some late game uh, dramatic uh, uh, heroics. And uh, in the end, Logan got the win, uh, 41-31. to 31. Uh, this, The Riverhawks looks like they've been struggling the last several weeks to get their offense going. Looks like they started to get it rolling a little bit, but just couldn't get enough. And on the flip side, I know Logan, it's been a, it's been a long season for the Grizzlies so far, and I know that meant a lot to them, get their first region win, first win at home, because the, the only other win that they had was up in Maverick Stadium. So that was a big win for them. That is gives so much credit to that Logan team, to their coaching staff. Look, that's we talked about it before the year that this Logan team is going to be. I mean, it's their third quarterback in how many years? I think in as many years, their third coach in as many years as the other one leaves to the ridge line. Uh, and so you have to. I mean, you're gonna have to makeshift everything. And boy, they. They, I mean, they get flattened by Mountain Crest last week. They turn around and respond with a great win over Ridgeline. Um, that is grittiness. That is toughness. That is being mentally tough. That's a great win for Logan. And then on the other side, Eric, really bad loss for Ridgeline. They couldn't suffer another one like that. This knocks them out of the first round set of buys for now. But I would, I, I mean, I just don't know where their offenses went, Eric. I mean, I, I know they put up some points, but it took them forever. This team in the first two games was averaging about 45 and a half points. Now they're averaging seven, no, 16 and a half, I think. Well, Friday's score helped, helped, it did them, help boost it. But yeah, for the previous couple of weeks, they were. Really I mean, they, they they got beat 16-13 to 13 by Island Idaho. And I get it. Shut out by, wasn't playing for some of those games, mm-hmm. and he's a big part of their offense. But is he that big where you get shut out by Skyview 38 nothing? And maybe he is. I, it, just, it just amazed me that they would – that they just could not, I don't know, come out of there with a the win. That was at Ridgeline, too. That's a home. So that, that, that's a huge one for, for Logan. Give credit to Logan. Boy, that's – I'm, man, their basketball and football teams, look, their basketball team last year, right, we kind of thought, man, they might be dead in the water, then nearly pull off, a, I mean, get a couple big wins, get themselves into the state tournament, then nearly pull off a big win against Bonneville in an upset, and then their football team comes out, and they're showing that same fight, that same toughness. Man, a lot to like about Logan Athletics right now, Eric. Yeah, good win for them. Uh, anytime a team is struggling, whether you're a fan of them or not, or you follow them or not, once they finally break through and, and, and get that win, that's big. That's, that's an important thing for them. And uh, hopefully uh, that's something that they can build upon. Uh, this week, they got a tough challenge. They're going to be facing Skyview, who's the top team in Region 11, one of the top teams in the state. Number two team, if you look at RPI, Skyview jumped up to number two overall in the state in the 4A classification. And Mountain Crest moves up a spot too, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, Skyview looked great. Skyview looked great. Carlson looked good, you know, and it hurt. Mountain Crest was, was in the rut after Tatum Burbank went down with that serious injury, uh, concussion. Um, and, and just their offense was never the same. I mean, I think there was a third and long and they had to run it because they just, I mean, you're running an offense with a quarterback who hasn't been a quarterback. And their backup quarterback was in a sling, so Mason Baldwin has to come in and quarterback. And I mean, you're just trying to you're trying to run something as basic as you can to not like I mean to throw not throw any other kids off. You don't want to make it more complex than it are the moment already is, right? And and so give credit to Jason Lee and his staff just making it simple. I know people are going to say well, that sounds stupid, but we're talking about high school kids here. You don't want to just be like, okay, we're going to throw this in here. Now I want you to do this. I want you to make these reads when this happens. It's just it doesn't. It's not going to work. You have to make it basic, and I think that's what they did. They, I mean, Sky, you did what they're supposed to. They loaded the box on every single down. Said, "Come get it," and uh, they challenged him. Hunter Schroeder took a beating, you know, and, but you know what? Give credit for his fight and his effort. On the other side, Skyview looked phenomenal. Carlson looked really good. Mason Faults of in regards of yardage was held down, but then still caught two touchdown passes. Uh, off, I mean, their running game was solid all night long. I just thought Skyview was very well prepared. 
Uh, they came out and played with a lot of energy. Um, they didn't overlook Mountain Crest. They and I mean they played the whole entire forty-eight minutes of football. And and now you're like you said, now they're the number two team in the RPI rankings. They sit very well in the driver's seat for the Region Eleven Championship, and they're staring down at a first place bye. Yeah, the the, the other that wasn't the only uh, a blowout game. Green Canyon took it to Bear River, My thirty-five to gosh. Um, hey, give credit to Green Canyon, Coach Johnner and his team for responding after getting stunned by Mountain Crest 6 nothing last week. He then put up 35 points. Not only do you put up 35, but you shut out Bear River, 35 nothing. On the other that, side... That defense has been pretty consistent Oh, my Green gosh. Canyon. Yeah, throughout the whole entire year. They've been great. They've been really, really good, led by Carter White. Uh, this, that, that team's... Uh, they've, they've got something going. They need to continue that trend upward. I mean, they're they're nipping on the hills of Skyview. Uh, I think they're two spots down, but if you can win out in region, uh, in in maybe maybe Skyview slips, but right now the way they're playing, I don't even know if they do. But to have two top teams in your top five from Region Eleven, something to say. On the other side, Bear River has just been a mess right now. Josh Payne was has has really really struggled at quarterback. He's not making good reads. He's he's overthrowing receivers. He's underthrowing receivers. He's uh, he's made some really bad decisions as a quarterback, but then his offensive line hasn't helped him out either. His offensive line is really struggling to give him time. And when as a quarterback, I mean, he drops back three steps, and on his third step, he's getting hit. Or on his third step, there's a guy coming on his blind shoulder, and he's got to take off and run for his life. It's not easy as a quarterback. And so, Barry's got to get things fixed and fixed very quickly. They could fall. They could see themselves fall out of a first-round buy as well, Eric. And I think that sets up the stage for a really, really important game Friday. Should be a dandy. Bear River, 3-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in region. Hosting Mountain Crest, who is 3-4 overall, 2-1 and one in region. And when you look at the RPI rankings, very close to each other. Bear River is 9th, Mountain Crest is 11th. If you're in the top 10, you get a first-round buy. If you're not, you don't. So Bear River at this moment won't have to play that first week. So this is really, really going to – this is huge. This could determine somebody that gets a first-round buy and someone who doesn't. You're right. You're 100% right. Now, remember, Mountain Crest has got to play, play Ridgeline the following week at Ridgeline. And then they've got uh, – in fact, they and then they got Bountiful at Bountiful, and that concludes their season. So you really, really, really need to have this win for either team. Bay River needs it badly. Mount Crest needs it just as much. If Mount Crest can get this win, Eric, there's a chance. There's a chance that they could see a first round bye, but if if they can win the next two out of three, the final two out of three, which I mean for Mount Crest would be something after getting you know the way your preseason went. So, um, Bountiful yeah. right now is 22nd in 5A in RPI. They've only won two games. They're 2-5. and five. No joke. So then maybe, yeah, so then you have to win out if you want a first round bye because that Bountiful win won't do you it much, not, will it? It is a higher classification. That will, that sure will be help. taken into account. Yeah. But as a team, they're not having that great of a season. Hmm. Wow, I know that, man. Long day coming since uh, the day's Bountiful was actually used to be a state title contender, huh, Eric? <laughs> They're always in the hunt. Amazing. Quickly, uh, just want to mention some of the other schools in the area. Yes, I already mentioned please. West Side. Good win for them on an odd date and some different circumstances. Uh, but they're four and one now. They're off to a really good start. Uh, their one loss was one they probably should have still won, but there must have been something going on with their kicker because they were had multiple chances in field goal range and they opted not to attempt field wow. goals. And they ended up losing that game by I think one point. Uh, but uh, Preston, uh, t- big game against Bonneville, winning that one 16-13. So now Preston is 4-1, and one, mm. so a big win for them. And then our friends up in Malad, uh, they had a nice win over Soda Springs. So Malad is now 3-2. and two. Bear Lake uh, beating up on Marsh Valley 28-8. to eight. Bear Lake is 4-1. Uh, so it's – and Rich, Rich is just struggling this year. Uh, they haven't had a win yet. They were dominated by North Summit, thirty-eight to nothing. So, kind of a rough, rough season for the Rebels. But uh, the full schedule it's updated. It's on CashValleyDaily.com. And then I put together some information uh, today about what those standings look like in Region Eleven and what the new RPI rankings look like 
Uh, because when you look at it now, as we mentioned, Skyview is number two, Green Canyon right on their heels at number three. Uh, then Bear River is at number nine, Mountain Crest 11th, Ridgeline 15, Logan 16. So uh, even though Logan got the win, they really didn't move much in the RPI rankings. Yeah, it's, it, it's weird. I'm not understanding this whole RPI thing, Eric. I'm still trying to grasp it. And and like I said, we think it's confusing now. Wait until basketball and baseball season hit. Then we're really going to be lost because there was a ton of games, a lot of tournaments, and a lot of preseason games, and you have to be able to figure that out. It's, man, it could be tough. Hey, uh, just one thing about RPI before we move too much off of high school sports. Big shout-out to Ridgeline. Uh, their, their volleyball team and soccer team doing very well. Um, and the uh, I believe it's the volleyball team is number number one or number two in the state in 4A classification. Saw that earlier today. So hmm. good job, Riverhawks. Yeah, absolutely. So full details on CashValleyDaily.com, but also it affects what the standings are for a Cash Valley Media Group prep Spickham contest. No one cares. And yeah, we do. No, okay. Well, we care about the winners and those shout out to outside our winner, of the company. Ryan Jenks. He was perfect. Nine and zero. Had the highest score overall, so he gets a $100 gift certificate to McDonald's this week, and he's automatically qualified for our grand prize drawing, which is a 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. And the prize this week in our Preps Pick'em Contest, presented by the Logo Shop, is a $100 gift certificate to Who Hot. Ooh. How hot, AJ? Who Hot. Who Hot. Uh, so don't forget, every Thursday, it's two for $35 at Who Hot. Two endless stir-fry, two drinks, appetizer, and dessert for only $35. And on Mondays, kids eat free. Logan Who Hot only. So that's a nice disclaimer. So anyway, congratulations to Ryan Jenks. And looking at the standings, RJ, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, as I'm reading this, RJ13, that's Ryan Jenks. He was number one. 988 was his total score. Aggie Girl... Close behind at 987. Oh. Braden Johnson comes in at 984. Zelo, or Zlow, if you will, uh, at 982. <laughs> and then look who's at number five. Are you looking at the standings right here? I'm I'm right there. I'm at number five. 981. Did you like fake? You must have I don't know. I think you cheated. I think you hacked into the system. Put yourself in there. And, uh, you know, changed your picks. With that strong showing this last week, <laughs> that moves me up to 12th overall. Oh, Feeling good. Whatever you do, whatever you challenge. do, Stevie Pickham fans, do not let Eric get into the top 10. I'm begging you. <laughs> do not let him get into the top 10. Please. Oh, please. J-Love 6 <laughs> is still the overall leader, followed by Lace USU, Sasquatch Aggie, Mr. W, Love Football, those are your top five. Uh, Jay Bird, RJ13, he's number seven overall. Adrian Van Orden, he's number eight. Mother Teresa is number nine. QB04 is number 10. Booze Hound is number 11. Then I'm right there at number 12. Oh, boy. Good for you. I, I know you wanted to, you were curious to know, what are, the, what are the standings? Where do we, as experts, where are we ranked? No one cares. Everyone wants to know what pick six looked like. That's what everyone wants to know. By the way, AJ Knight is ranked 34th, and AJ Salveson is ranked 40th. Okay, well, if I would have actually done my picks two weeks ago, I'd probably rank 10th. It helps to get all your picks in. I tr- tried. Don't, yeah. But hey, don't forget this grand prize. It doesn't matter on your overall score. It's just the week-to-week winners that are qualified. Okay, so you talked about the pick six. Yes. The pick six. All right, I have them right here. <laughs> we need to. <laughs> six things we thought might happen this past weekend. A couple of them were Utah State related. Others had to do with big games in college football from big teams. So Colorado State rushing yards. I set the line at 165 and a half. Colorado State only got 79 rushing yards. That is incredible for Utah State run defense. I took the under, you took the over, so I got that one. That's one for me. The USU rushing yards, I set it at 245 and a half. 
They ran for 240. That was close. But you took the under. I said over, so you got a point there, so now we're even. USU third down conversions. I thought USU would do a little bit better here. I set the line at 53.5. They're actually 44.4%. We both took the over, so we missed on that one. So we're still tied. Uh, Jalen Hurts all-purpose yards. You set it at 325.5. We both took the over, and boy, did he go over. 485 all-purpose yards for Oklahoma in their big win over Texas Tech. So now we're tied at two, two apiece. The Oklahoma margin of victory. You went all out on this one. 42 and a half. I thought you were on drugs when you set that line. They defeated Texas Tech by 39 points. I just needed them to score that one touchdown. They had a drop touchdown pass in the third, I believe. Oh, man, I was so close. So I, I took the under, you went over, so I got that one. So now I'm up 3-2 to two over you. Then the final one, it comes down to this, Trevor Lawrence passing. You set the line at 275.5. He threw for 206. I took the over, you took the under. So we pushed on this week's pick six. And that was a really intriguing game. Clemson versus North Carolina. Came down to the end, controversial... Decision to go for two instead of sending it into overtime. Okay, and and Eric, may I, people have their different theories and their different opinions about this, but Mac Brown made the right call. Absolutely made the right call. I agree with you, actually. I I mean, because some people say, well, you're at home. You don't need to go for two. When you're playing the number one it's team the in the country and you have them on the ropes, go for two. Go get it. Get the win. Go for the win. Absolutely. Because what are your chances? I mean, you've played them pretty tough already, but they're still the number one team. Yeah. They got a ton of horses. And Now, I don't agree with the play call. Um, I don't like an option at the goal line. I just never... It's not 1994 anymore. That's not going to work. RPO, something like that. Maybe a screen. Uh, but I didn't agree with the, uh, the, the call itself, but I agree... By going for two. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. A North Carolina team is going to give somebody else some troubles too. Uh, they're, they're not out of that thing yet. That's for dang sure. No, and in fact, they, they got punished. Boy, yeah. They, they're not the number one team Absolutely. Anymore. Alabama displaced them. Um, but there's uh, the team's getting number one votes. His spread. It's not just one team gobbling all of them up. There's three, four different teams that are getting consideration as the top team in college football right now. It's been a really fun September. October is going to be crazy, dude. Yeah, there's. I think there's a, there's one weekend that's uh, it's called Judgment Weekend, and it's where all like the ranked teams, all of them are just in big, big games. A lot of them are versus each other. Um. It might be, let's see here, it might be in week, let's try week eight, let's see if I can get this right. No, definitely not week eight. Anyways, there's one weekend where they all play each other, and it's it's big. Maybe it's not until week ten. There's this one week where good schools play other schools. Shut up, dude. No, and seriously. there's really important things that happen as oh, a result. Bite me. <laughs> one one school will win, another school will lose. <laughs> one one school will receive votes, others won't receive as many votes. <laughs> yeah, never mind. There's really not a week like this actually, because usually there is. But I'm trying to look for one, and there's not one that stands out. And I mean, I'm at week 11 at this point, so maybe they don't have a week like that this time. That sucks. Is it week six already? We are coming into week six. Yeah. We're halfway through the season. Boy, we still have like say seven more games left, don't we? Because we're yeah, three and one four. Bye week. So we still, yeah, so minus the bye week, we still have, yeah, we're not done yet. Some good games on this Saturday, though, Eric. You got Florida and Auburn at, uh, at Florida. Um, you've got Michigan State at Ohio State, California 
at Oregon. How is Cal not ranked yet, by the way? I thought Cal was ranked. Oh, they are ranked now? It doesn't say they're ranked on here. What? They're not. Am I? Are they ranked in the coaches, but not the AP? I don't. This isn't making sense. They got to be ranked, right? Cal is twenty sixth. Did they just lose? No. Oh, they did. Yeah, that's right. They lost to uh, doggone Arizona State, wasn't it? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's why Arizona's twentieth. That's why they're not ranked. Okay. Yep. Cal is just on the outside in both polls. They're essentially twenty sixth. Looking at your top twenty five, as you mentioned, Eric, Clemson slips the spot. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State is now fourth after their win over Nebraska. LSU is punished for their bye week. So they'll look to get back on track, quote-unquote, as they get ready for the Utah State Aggies. Again, a 10 a.m. Mountain Time start. 8 a.m. is your pregame on KVNU. Uh, Al Lewis Breakfast with Alan Craig. Yeah, and then you'll be along there, right? You'll yep. be uh, joining them to, to give down a, a great breakdown of the game. Uh, and then finishing out the top 10, Oklahoma 6. They just can't get a, ahead of anybody, no matter what right now. Auburn 7th, Wisconsin 8. Notre Dame is 9 they moved up a spot despite being three and one, and Florida at five and zero oh, drops a spot. They're uh, they're at tenth right now. And you're looking at the AP top twenty five. I am. Yep. Yeah. Coaches is a little bit different. Notre Dame is at ten, not nine. Okay. Uh, Florida is eighth, so they get a little bit more love in the from the coaches. Uh, it is a little bit different order. Um, one, one, two, and three are the same, but the coaches have Oklahoma at fourth, Ohio State fifth, so. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State are all receiving first-place votes. Uh, LSU is sixth, followed by Auburn, Florida, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and uh, to round out the top ten. And uh, Boise State, they maintain they're at 15th in the coaches. They are 16th in the Associated Press. Uh, In the coaches poll, um, Utah State getting votes again. They're getting 15 votes, effectively ranking them, what, 36th? Yes. That's correct. Uh, but also Hawaii getting votes, getting 10 votes. Air Force getting three votes. Wyoming getting a couple of votes. So Mountain West is getting some good recognition, and deservedly so. With yeah, how well they've say, done they against should be. Power 5 schools and some of the other games that they've played. Um, it's It's been a, a good start for the Mountain West. Boise State really is in the driver's seat right now, pole position, to, to get that uh, New Year's Six Bowl. If UCF uh, <sighs> continues to falter, so glad we got them at home this year, Eric. UCF lost, but then they had that big dominating performance over UConn and jumped four spots in both polls. Uh, you know it's it's interesting looking at. Um, I would have never thought Wake Forest would be five and zero. I mean, I knew they were a good football team, but five and zero. Yeah, they're they're they've cracked the top twenty five uh, for the first time in the uh, AP. They're at twenty two, and they're twentieth in the coaches, and they jumped four spots. And they could be easily, Eric, easily undefeated going into Clemson on November sixteenth. They've got Louisville at home, Florida State at home, NC State at home. That's back to back to back before they go to Va Tech on uh, on November 9th and then at Clemson on November sixteenth. They could be easily, uh, what are they five, six, seven, eight? Nine and zero going into Clemson. Okay, that knowledge that they're twentieth, twenty second, Wake Forest, they're undefeated. Uh huh. Does that make you feel better about Utah State, or does it sting more just that Utah State didn't get that win? That's a great question, Eric. Uh, it, It it makes it feel better because you're like, hey, we lost to a good football team, a really good football team. Uh. A team that I mean, it's I mean, like you said, they're in the top twenty-five. But at the same time, you, I mean, you look at that game and you say, if we have one less interception, one less missed tackle, one less, you know, being coverage, we win by six, by seven. Honestly, maybe, maybe even by fourteen. Yeah, because we, I, I think in what in this game, I, I you, you look at Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Just go through the list here. Michigan State, and you're just like, you know, they beat us. They were the better team, and they made more plays than we did. That Wake Forest team, we beat ourselves the whole entire night. Absolutely beat ourselves. 
And I mean that so it does stink, sure. Absolutely. Um but watching them being five and oh, you say, Hey, they're as good as uh we thought they were. They were projected to be that good and they are that good and um it, it it's all right. And by the way, people, you know, the whole thing of you know, when it, going into LSU, um as 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 weird of a timing in regards to the schedule as that is going across the country facing number Fifteen in the in the country, um, it's it's good for Utah State. Uh, it's a you know it's a chance to be able to build upon their resume. If they can keep it close, great. Honestly, it's that that's a but there's no pressure on. I feel like there was pressure on them in Wake Forest. I don't think there's any pressure on them when going to LSU. I think that's a good good way to say that. Uh, there was Utah State was going in as perhaps a favored team, returning. Uh, you know, so many weapons from a year ago and what they were able to do last season that uh, there was pressure on them to to get finally get that victory against a Power 5 school on the road. But going into LSU, I don't think there's not that pressure there. Uh, I think they're just they're rolling in there just to, to play a game, show them their best. But I don't think there's pressure on Utah State to get that win. It'll be a great game against a good opponent. And I think Utah State could uh, could show out and show them a thing or two. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I don't think there's this this pressure that this is the game for Utah State to get that signature win against a Power 5 school. Yeah. If they do get the win, absolutely. That's a, <laughs> that's a huge moment. Uh, never been done before. Utah State defeating a top 10 team on the road. Yeah, no. Uh, and... It's a t- it's a brutal schedule. I mean, after this, you you get a bye week, and then, but then you you head right into a very very angry Nevada team who got shellacked by Hawaii just the other night in Reno. Yep, and they and so they they understand how big this game will be versus Utah State, and then you've got to go to Air Force, and Air Force is just tricky as all get out at that place. They've got man. a really good defense. Yes, they do, Eric, and they got an offense who will chew clock up. I mean, you thought you thought San Diego State did a good job of that. Air Force, Air Force on the first drive could easily take eight minutes without breaking a sweat, and then give you the ball back up three nothing and feel great about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's incredible. That's just how that's how difficult it is. And then, like I said, you got BYU just after Air Force. You start November with BYU, and then you go to Wyoming or no, San Diego. And you go to Fresno State, come home for Wyoming, and then you got Boise State the next weekend. That's just. I mean, this the rest of the schedule is brutal. Your your easy part of the schedule. Is the two buys and Stony Brook, so you're about to come on. You're you're you got the LSU game, and then you you have a bye week, and then from there on, it is a gauntlet, an absolute gauntlet of games. So uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll hear from Coach Gary Anderson his thoughts about what happened this past weekend, his uh, reactions to uh, to the win over Colorado State. Caleb Rep also weighs in. We'll also get into. Uh, the Utah Jazz had their media day today. There's some news about the NBA and uh, a future opponent early in the season, a key player likely won't be there. And the state of California passed the law. They made it official. They are going to start providing opportunities for schools in California to provide compensation for uh, athletes if uh, if somebody wants to use their name, image, or likeness in any marketing materials. So what could that mean for the Pac-12? What could it mean for the Mountain West? And how, the, how are they responding so far? So we'll get into that. And don't forget, stay tuned. We'll be calling out for our bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview game. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press, rolling on here on The Fan. 1390 AM, 106.9 FM, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And a big win for Utah State over the weekend over Colorado State. It wasn't pretty. No, it wasn't supposed to be. The weather wasn't pretty, neither should the game be. But uh, Aggies get the win, and that's what's most important. We'll break that down in, in more detail next hour. 
hear from Gary Anderson and Caleb Rep. They'll weigh in on it. Also look out what else happened in the Mountain West Conference. <clears throat> Break down the weekend that was. Um, it was an, also a very interesting weekend in the NFL. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> Not very many home teams won their games. Yeah. A it, lot of upsets. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh, I mean, I don't know where you really want to start, um, but Eagles getting a win over the Packers on Thursday night. They kind of started and, and, it all. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of extended just right into Sunday, didn't it? How about the Titans beating Atlanta? Atlanta's just a mess right now, and, and Dan Quinn is this close from losing his job, and I, I really think, I'm telling you, if they don't fix things up and short in a hurry, Matt Ryan could be getting traded at the end of the season. They might be looking elsewhere for some help and even Devontae Freeman. Um, but credit to the Titans, man. 2-2 two and two again. Marcus Marotta was absolutely phenomenal. I benched him on my fantasy football team and now regret it. He was 35-53 of 53 for, or not uh, 35, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong guy. Um, he was 18-27 for 227 yards, three touchdowns. And I believe he did not have a tur- no no turnovers uh, for Marcus Mariota. That's just a solid night for him. Um, and then for New England, look, I mean, they're, they're that was a close game. Their defense, yeah. And so give if Josh Allen doesn't throw three picks, yeah. And Matt and Matt doesn't add them to another one of it. You know, give credit to the Bills defense. And the great part is, is they see each other. Four weeks from now, I think. They see each other pretty soon now back in at Gillette Stadium in New England. Uh, the Patriots were phenomenal, though, uh, just in regards of controlling the ball. They, they, I mean, their offense was just garbage all day long. Their defense comes up huge. Special teams was monstrous. The block kick for a touchdown. Uh, block from J.C. Jackson recovered by Matthew Slater for his first TD of his career. Uh, just, I mean, special teams and defense did it all. It was just like one of those old... If you're a Patriots fan, you remember it back from the good old days in 2001, 2, and 3, and 4 when the defense did all the work and the offense just kept it alive. Wild one, Eric. Wild one in the uh, in Detroit. Uh, 34-30. Yeah. Your final score is the Chiefs beat the Lions. One of the few teams that won on the road, and it wasn't easy for them. No, no. The Chiefs were given every bit of... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, how would you say it? Of... Um, just grief from uh, from Can- or from Detroit. Detroit was great for the most part defensively, but they couldn't get that last stop uh, from Daryl Williams, who runs in with about y- from about a yard out with 23 seconds to go. Uh, and that was after Mahomes converted a fourth down on a run just to extend the drive. So uh, it's man, that Mahomes kid's giving me something special. In fact, uh, he's uh, going to be. He is something special. Uh, I I think he's getting there. If he if he wants to quit the whole showboating of no look throws, that'd be great. <laughs> sure, come on. Uh, he's thrown at least two touchdown passes in fourteen straight games. That's one short of the NFL record set by guess who? Peyton Manning. So the guy's already making a name for himself uh, in the NFL. He's he's man. He's something else. That's for dang sure. I also thought it was a big win for the Raiders on the road at the Colts. So yeah, the, how the about Colts, that? despite what was going on before the season began, kind of put themselves back together and said, hey, we're still here to play football. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been pretty decent for them. He's won them some really good games. But give credit to the Raiders for how they were able to do things. Now, despite that, they lose a guy. Um, and uh, he's really he's suspended for the rest of the year. Yeah, and Perfect he, had that, uh, and that helmet-to-helmet hit. He has a history of dirty plays. It's the right thing to do. And the NFL's just said, enough. We're done with it, man. We've got to send a clear message. You're going to, like, you're going to, he literally is going to kill somebody. Someone could die from that. And he's done it constantly. And the fact that he was, like, you know, raising his arms up in air and he didn't understand and he was, he, it just tells you how arrogant he can be. Um... It's a bad decision, and I, it's a bad decision by him. It's a great decision by the NFL. Chargers over the Dolphins, thirty to ten. Dolphins uh, improved to zero and four, and improved. Yep, and uh, are looking for the uh, number one draft pick, and are right well on their way to doing so. They could become again another zero and sixteen football team. Uh, how about the Giants? Daniel Jones and the Giants. 
They make one switch, and all of a sudden, things just click. Now, two and two, two straight wins. Daniel Jones, 23 of 31, 225 yards, one touchdown, uh, and no Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah, doing it without Barkley. Good. And they still scored 23, Eric. Uh, Redskins also 0-4, chasing the Dolphins for that number one pick. Both teams will battle it out till the season ends. Uh, Browns over the Ravens. Now Lamar this, Jackson versus Baker Mayfield, Eric. That is the game in the final score that surprised me the most. Really? Yes. Uh, did the Ravens, I've, the, earlier on, they were looking to me like one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, they lost last week to the chart or to the Chiefs. That was going to be a great showdown between two great quarterbacks. But the the Ravens' defense was looking really good. I I did not see that score coming, especially being in Baltimore. Hmm. But credit Baker Mayfield; he looked good. Nick Chubb was exceptional. We were talking about this um, during the broadcast uh, or before our broadcast uh, late Saturday night that in the NFL you don't see guys carrying the ball quite like you see them in, in college. So we're, we're talking about how Gerald Bright had this huge game with those 37, 36 carries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you, it doesn't seem like you see NFL quarterbacks go or running backs go for more than 20 carries in a game anymore. But there was a couple of guys that did that Sunday and looked great. Nick Chubb, 20 carries, 165 yards, and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey. He had three touchdowns? Chubb did? Yes. Oh, jeez. And Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, 27 carries. Did you see that? That dude's uh, just a a workhorse. Did you see that one-handed falling down catch that he made? I missed that one. No. He it was like a screenplay. It was a bad throw, and he like it tips off his hand, and he's able to reel it in while falling down. That kid is something else coming from Stanford. Man, he is just Christian ball- McCaffrey. Yeah, I love watching him play football. Uh, Panthers again win sixteen ten over. That's a bad loss for Houston to lose sixteen to ten home to the Panthers on a backup quarterback. Uh, a shootout took place uh, in L.A. Buccaneers fifty five, Rams forty. Jared Goff. That was a surprising finish. As well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, L.A. tried to make a run at it. They uh, were down by 18 uh, and uh, shrunk it to five, I think, early fourth quarter, if I remember right. And then uh, Tampa Bay finally put him away. Winston, 385 yards, two of his four touchdowns uh, went to Chris Good, uh, Goodwin. And, uh, and Jared Goff was horrible. Jared Goff was not good. Had a fumble that was uh, recovered by Sue and returned by Sue for a touchdown with 106 to play. Pretty much sealing the game for the Buccaneers. Uh, uh, by the way, Jared Goff threw the ball 68 times. Career high, 517 yards, two touchdowns. But he also threw three interceptions. How's that $134 million spent now, Rams? <laughs> uh, here's how that uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown sounded on Sunday. A snap to Goff. Goff dropping under pressure. Under pressure. He fumbled the bubble. It's loose. It's picked up by the Buccaneers to the 30, to the 20, to the 15. And Dabakan Sue. Sue him again. And Dabakan. Scoop and score, Bucks. And the Buccaneers are going to beat the Rams with a minute six to go. 54 big points on the West Coast. A new Buccaneer record. You don't see NFL games with scores like that very no. often. No. No. Not anymore. That was incredible. That was 55 fun. Fifty-five to forty, just combined. Sixty-eight throws from uh, Jared Goff. He completes forty-five of them. Again, five hundred seventeen yards, two touchdowns, but three costly, costly interceptions. Uh, Seahawks over the Cardinals, twenty-seven ten. Cardinals now zero and three behind their savior Kyler Murray. I, I raise your hand if you're surprised by that. No, no. Arizona you, stunned by it. Arizona you, can't believe it. They they don't know what's going on. A coach who got fired at the college level. Yeah to be your next head coach in the NFL. You have an undersized quarterback. And everybody's like, yeah, this is going to be great. They just, it's just, it's not happening in Phoenix. Uh, Bears continue to look really, really good. (laughs) Is it because the Bears look good or the Vikings are struggling? No, I mean, the Vikings defense has been solid this year. But the Bears just look, they look good. Three and one so far. Yeah, they had a couple of huge turnovers. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thien are not happy right now, or Tylen, I believe, uh, are not happy. Stefan Diggs, is, there's a report that he's requested a trade to get out of Minnesota. 
Um, you know, he he kind of he mentioned it and he tried. He was frustrated when he said it, so he's trying to like not really mince his words, but be careful how he said it. But he's you know I'm running routes, getting open, and we you know we just can't get the ball, and that's a frustrating thing for receivers, as he put it. Uh, so there's issues there. Jaguars over the Broncos in a wild one. Jaguars win 26-24 on a last-second field goal to beat the Broncos, who had scored with a minute 23 left, but Jaguars had two timeouts to spare. They win it. And then uh, finally, Sunday night capper was an dull game. Saints 12, Cowboys 10. That's your final. Cowboys lose their first game of the year. They go to 3-1. and one. Saints now 3-1 and one as well. Uh... This is without Drew Brees. That's a big win for New Orleans in a, a lot win. of ways. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is not a good quarterback at all. But the fact that he's able to do this right now and just be that that uh, game manager. I, quarterbacks hate being called a game manager, but that's what Teddy Bridgewater is for the Saints right now. A game manager. Just get us into the end zone. Don't turn over the ball. Well, and... and- a big part of what they're doing right now too is what with their defense. And that's eventually what sealed the win against the Cowboys last night. Jack Prescott in the gun, three receivers to the far side. Takes a snap. Saints bring five. Prescott throws this one. It's not even going to get to the end zone. It is intercepted. Marcus William and the New Orleans Saints take this one from the Dallas Cowboys 12 to 10 on a phenomenal Defensive performance. Yeah, phenomenal defensive performance is exactly right. What a game uh, for the Saints and a great job. Kellen Moore, okay, if it, if running... Remember when Mick Dennehy used to run sideways screens like constantly on first and 10? Yes, he believed that Second he could and play big 12, big 12 power football in Logan. Second and 25. Hey, give me the side screen. I need it. Give me the bubble screen. Such is the case with Kellen Moore and running it on first and ten. Like Ezekiel's just like sticking, sticking his head into a brick wall. It, it, it's not working. Tonight's game, Bengals-Steelers. Uh, Steelers 0-3. Bengals 0-3. Great job, NFL. Woo, this will be fun. You'd rather watch Bachelor in Paradise. Hey, Ajay, after there were, what, seven, eight different teams that were undefeated yeah. here just recently, now we only have two. Uh, only two undefeated teams. Patriots right and who? Patriots and Chiefs. They are the only unbeatens. And they meet in late, I believe early November. Yeah, they, they don't meet till late in the season. So wild uh, weekend in the NFL. Only a handful fun. of teams won on their home field. We'll see if that continues tonight when it's the Steelers hosting the Bengals. All right, uh, we're gonna step aside to talk about a few other things that happened over Here, the weekend. Here the Niners undefeated. Who? The Niners. They didn't play, so oh, they're they didn't undefeated, play, aren't they? So I didn't see them on there. You're right. Cody Penman, thank you. Good work, my yes, man. Yes. I'll give call. a shout to him. Yeah. Correct. See that. Way to go, Niners, too. All right. Uh, there's been some changes in Major League Baseball. Oh, dude. We got to talk Regular about it. Regular season's yeah. coming to an end, but we already talk. managers are out. We'll talk about it next the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Quite the interesting weekend with high school football, Mountain West, top 25, college football, the NFL. The Major League Baseball was not left out of the drama over the weekend. Good night. Coaches being shown the door. And one, I mean, let's be honest, we kind of saw the rumors and kind of knew the frustrations about what was going on in Chicago. And uh, over the weekend, the Cubs parting ways with Joe Madden. Are you surprised? I mean, look at this stretch that he was there. It was very successful. They made the postseason, or they were in the hunt for the postseason. They won a national cha- I mean, World Series. Um, but they were not the same this year, and their September was really bad. And 
they just this year just always seemed to be off. Even though they were still kind of always in the hunt for much of the season, it wasn't really a great, as you have always tried to point out, it wasn't a great National League Central. And you could be kind of a mediocre team in the National League Central and still be, quote-unquote, in the hunt. But you know what? It's the type of uh, culture we're in. If you're not winning now and you've got a, a payroll and a big city and opportunities to get back to where you were, there's a high pressure to still succeed. And you say that, and that points out to my neck, to my guy, Brad Awesomeness, who, when we interviewed Steve Klauke on our show before the Angel season started, was thrilled about Brad coming into the organization, was thrilled about what he could do. One season, Brad's out. He's now gone and no longer the manager for the LAA Angels. And that's that's stunning that they gave him one year and then canned him. Yeah, I don't like that. That is horrible. A- unless it's horrible. catastrophic. Like, really, I mean, horribly bad? Were, and there would have been reports about that, though, right? There there would have been something. I mean, we live in a day and age where anything and everything comes out, especially in a professional organization. You would have heard something. All we got is they didn't live up to expectations. Well, what the heck was your expectations? You think you're going to beat the Astros yep. out, the Yankees, one, the Red Sox? One year's Come on. not enough. No. One year's not You can't enough. just walk into an organization and figure it out. And so, um, really quickly, do you have a replacement that you want to see for the Cubs? I don't know. And we'll end with that. I mean, that. there's a lot of rumors of the old catcher, and all of a sudden his name slipped in my mind. Okay. I don't know. He may be a little bit young to just throw into it as a rookie. Okay. Rookie coach. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Chicago Cubs fired manager Joe Madden this weekend. He delivered the first world championship in over 100 years to the city. That was back in 2016. But apparently three years of not winning a title is way too long of a wait. Welcome to professional sports in 2019, where goodwill doesn't last that long. Coaches have always gotten fired, but sure feels like the pace has picked up a little bit. It wasn't that long ago when guys like Bobby Cox and Tommy Lasorda lasted for over 20 years in the same spot. Now teams are more impatient than ever. The Cubs have regressed the last two seasons. GM Theo Epstein said it was time to shake things up. And maybe he's right. They have underperformed. Hopefully for the Cubs, this will work out. Traditionally, this has been a franchise that has a lot of bad luck. Letting the manager go who helped them break their curse seems like a big risk. But it's one we've come to expect in today's sports landscape. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.